0: Thanks, guys. Thanks, Teresa. I'm just curious. So, during that time uh, uh, when we were worshiping there, who, who, was, who got touched by the Lord? I mean, there's a whole room of activity going on there. Can you raise your hand again? J- just keep them up for a moment. Look around, you guys. Can we just give God a shout? Come on, Jesus. I mean, when we come together, we're here, to celebrate the, we're here to celebrate Jesus, to engage with Jesus, and to see what Jesus is doing, and to be like Jesus. And man, when I was walking around the room during worship, I was just so in love with his presence, and I just saw so many people getting touched by the Lord. Who here got, so during that time when, when, when God was doing some stuff there, who got healed of a phys- something of an ailment physically, like something shifted physically for you? awesome can you raise your hands real high there's a lot of these so i see them all but not everyone will raise your hands real high awesome awesome who feels like god just you know shifted your perspective as uh pastor cheryl was kind of sharing about that who felt like something something literally like like switch something something turned there raise your hand real high come on jesus come on and there's a testimony your right ear stopped ringing. that was a testimony no, but that, was that the summary of it? Yeah, okay, so his ringing got healed, and then he got a word of knowledge through ringing in his ear that someone else's ear, does this make sense, needed healing. So he prayed, that person got a breakthrough, and now his, his ringing's gone. His, his hearing started. Someone, someone, was, someone didn't have hearing and started to hear? who is that? Can you raise your hand? We just want to celebrate. Come on, Jesus, where are you? I cannot see you. Where are you? They're probably children's workers or something, but we want to celebrate that with you. You know, God can do so many things in a room. And have, have you ever been in a room or environment where someone is, God is moving on someone and you are sitting there totally not feeling anything? Right. And have you been in an environment where you're encountering God so powerfully that you can't even talk to the person next to you because they look like they're just totally disconnected from what God's doing inside of you? I love hearing testimonies because it helps me connect with what God is doing. That you can sit on the sidelines and think God's not doing anything, and you can talk to about 10 people and find out God's doing a lot. That that, that Their faith might be a little bit more, uh, we'll say, activated than mine, than yours. And so I love hearing testimonies because the testimony of Jesus is what? It's the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy meaning that what Jesus did, he wants to do again. Then when we hear a testimony, when we release a testimony, we're putting in the atmosphere and the air of our lives, what we're carrying in our hearts, permission for God to do it again. Now, when we don't hold on to the testimony, what happens when, when God wants to move, when God wants to move through you, when there's an opportunity for, Holy Spirit, for the kingdom of God to break through, what happens is it's like we're not prepared for the movement in the moment. Does that make sense? So I love what Ryan was sharing about, you know, take it quick. When that word of knowledge comes, take it quick. When that testimony comes, take it quick. When you see, some, when you see God doing something, take it quick. How many of you found that God will uh, require obedience of you from time to time? Some, maybe a little more often than you like. How many of you found that some of the most powerful times of, of obeying God has come when you quickly obeyed? Right? Have you, ever, have, you ever, have you ever gotten a word from the Lord to obey and you just kind of mold around it for a while? And you ran it by like eight of your friends who knew, that you knew would tell you that it's not the Lord so you wouldn't have to do it? You get around people that are like, oh, that's too risky. You know, when God calls you to take a risk, you'll surround yourself with, like, non-risk takers to like, to, like, vet the process. Does this make sense? And then you justify why you don't do it, only to find out that God, that was exactly what God wanted you to do. So then you've got to repent. It's like this whole process. You know, and, but God's so faithful, he'll give you another opportunity. He'll, he'll give you another opportunity to obey, to quickly obey. You know, friends quickly obey. There's not this dividing line between a friend, a son, and, and, and a servant. Jesus was a friend, he was a son, and he was a servant. It wasn't this dividing line of like, now I'm in servant mode, now I'm in like friend mode, now I'm in son mode. You know, when you have a good relationship with your father, you, you'll, 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 you'll do what he asks really easily. Have you ever found that to be the case? When your relationship with your parent, when your relationship with a leader in your life is really healthy and strong, and they may ask you to do something not only will you do it, you'll probably be really quick to do it and you'll want to do it really well. Amen? And it's not like when, 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 that, when, that, when that opportunity comes about, it's not like you sit there and say like, well, I'm your, you know, I guess I can be a good servant right now, but I'm your son, so like all things are already done already, right, Father? <laughs> Does this make sense? That sometimes we compartmentalize your identity to a point that actually keeps you stagnant. Does this make sense? that we go through these places of obedience where it's like, I obey only as a son and I don't have to serve. Or, does this make sense? Or, or, or I can only serve and I don't know how to just be with God. I only know how to like serve God. I don't know how to be with God. You know, or I'm a friend with God. You know, when God's moving powerfully in somebody else's life, you know, I can, I can celebrate with God what, what, what's going on there, but I don't really enter into it a whole lot. I just celebrate with him. Uh-oh, I think I hit a little bit of a nerve there. That this friend, this sonship, this slave, I'm not going to talk about any of this, and, and we're going to be wrapped up way sooner than you think today. But the, the, the idea is this, is that, is that what if God is calling you to just simply be like Jesus, who was a son, who was a friend, who was a servant and not try to break it down all the time between I'm a son, I'm a slave, I'm a servant, son, slave, friend of God. Like, you know, what if he's actually calling you to be just like Jesus? You know, one of the things I love about Jesus is he was so secure in his relationship with God that did you know it's possible to live without insecurity? In your relationships with people and with God, it's, it's possible, you can live without insecurity. Insecurity is a lie from the devil. Because what does is, what, what is your security as a follower of Jesus look like, according to the Bible? Do you feel like your place in God, your place in the kingdom is secure? Do you feel like what Jesus purchased was enough to secure your place? Because if that is true, then I have great news for you. You do not have to live and walk with insecurities ruling your inner life. You don't have to live and walk with insecurities being the, the, the filter that you process your life through, your lens through. I don't know why we're talking about that today. It's not had all what I want to talk about. But there's, there's someone in the room, and there's probably a bunch of us in the room right now that need to get this. Does this make sense? Yeah. And there, there's like a heart shift that God wants to bring. Because, man, when you can walk without insecurities, you can walk in fullness of life. You can actually walk in freedom. You can walk in a place that you fully love yourself and you fully love God. And you know what? You can fully love other people. Because I see a lot of believers walking around and they love other people in the way that, like, they wish someone loved them. This makes sense? Like, they'll love other I know some people, man, that they love, like, they serve and they love so well. But if you really sit down with them, they don't really love themselves. How many of you can relate to that? that's a journey of learning how to receive god's love for me and in turn i'm able to love myself it's not this like narcissistic thing where it's like i'm i'm the best i'm the favorite god loves me like oh i'm just so i'm amazing well yeah those things are true because god said it because god thinks so it's not about having a a greater level of self-help in your mind does this make sense it's actually connecting with God and what he says. And when we connect with what God says, have you ever found that a place of insecurity, a place of doubt, a place of, um, of, of what feels like uncertainty in your life, when God comes into it, all of a sudden it's totally fine. Have you ever found to be the case that you can go from like a level 10 issue to an absolute healed in a moment because of Jesus that not everything needs to be on a 30-year process, right? Like, do, do we, is, is, is he the God of breakthrough or not? Or, or is he the God of process only? Does this make sense? That if he is the God of breakthrough, he's also God of... If you're a son, you're also a friend. He is the God of breakthrough for the moment that we walk out with him. And I'm just telling you, I, I just speak that over you, so I'm just going to release that right now. I just release just that you can walk without insecurity. And I break the lie that you are, that you are uh, fragile. <laughs> and I break the lie that your inner life is always going to be ruled by insecurity. And right now, in Jesus' name, just put your hand on your head. Like, if this is speaking to you in any dimension right now, Holy Spirit, we just say, would you come and connect the truth of what you're saying and the truth of what Jesus purchased for us with our minds? God, would you come and make that connection today, Jesus? Would you connect it to our hearts, God? That God, it says that with our hearts we believe and with our mouth we, 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 we... we establish our salvation. We speak it out. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I just break off every attack of insecurity on your people. God, I say that your people are made to be bold, not insecure. That your people are made to be conquerors, not conquered. That, that, that is a lie that, that if you feel conquered, that if it, if it looks like humility, that's a lie. That you are more than a conqueror through Christ. So right now, I just speak to your spirit man. I say, spirit man, raise up right now in Jesus' name. Walk in the fullness of what Jesus has purchased for you. In Jesus' name. Are you guys ready to close in prayer? I thought it was a good word. Man, so good. I mean, we could. how many of you can just feel like you can just love on Jesus and be full? You know, one of the things that I've seen so many people walking through is, is Jesus enough for me or not? And it looks like, where am I getting my fill? Where, where am I getting filled up? Is, can, I, can I just worship Jesus and that is enough? Or do I need to add all these other layers to my life to find contentment? The apostle Paul found, he said, I found the secret of contentment. I can live in, in, in what looks like lack, I can live in what looks like overwhelming resources. That he's learned the secret of contentment, whether he was in prison or in the palace. And he says, My secret is found in Christ. It's actually in Jesus. That there's a there's a there's a there's a gift and a secret in the kingdom of God that's only found in Jesus. Do you know that? You know, is Jesus enough? I love being in a room like we were today and worshiping. And man, we could just worship Jesus without him doing anything forever. Like he's that good. Do you, do you know that? Do you believe that? Maybe you don't know it. Do you believe it? You know, do you believe that he is so good? Romans 10 verse 11 says that uh, you will never be disappointed by him. You might want to write that verse down, Romans 10, verse 11. Why don't we open up our Bibles to Romans 10? Are you guys okay? I got about five more minutes with you guys. So Romans, Romans 10, just verse 11, it says this. This is in the NIV. It says, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Other translations might read, anyone who believes in him will never be disappointed. What does that say about Jesus? That anyone who believes in him, you'll never, he will never disappoint you. He will never disappoint you. He will ask you to trust him with all of your life, soul, body, mind, and strength. (laughs) He will ask you to trust him with your resources. He will ask you to trust him with your relationships. He'll ask you to trust him with your career, with your finances, with your future. But this is what he promises, that you will never be disappointed by him. That in, despite uncertainty going on in your lives, in your, in your day-to-day, in your family, I have news for you, and, and I'm, I'm going to move on after this point, is it, is it? you will never be disappointed by his presence in your life. That's why it says in Psalms and in Hebrews to continually offer, to continually give an offering of praise, meaning it in season and out of season, right? That means when, when everything is right and your response to so much blessing in life and relationships and family, and whatever... It looks like praise, and in times where it feels like I don't know who I am, I don't know anyone, everything's going wrong, I got fired from my job, everything's terrible, to give him an offering of praise in that season as well, and everything in between. Why? Because with him, you'll never be disappointed. That any promise he gives over your life, if you walk it out, you'll never be disappointed. Does this just make you want to worship Jesus? Yeah. Like it makes me like well, it makes me like I want to. I love you so much, Jesus. Because as a follower, you know, you're not a Christian because you're, you go to church. You know, I've heard, you know, it's like, it's like you're, not, you're not a Christian because you go to church anymore. That than you're a taco when you go to Taco Bell. Like, by being in a church doesn't make you a Christian, right? I mean, amen to that, right? Like, it actually, like, being a believer is what makes you a Christian. Being a believer is what makes you a Christian. Believers are the greatest gift to this world. Do you know that? That if you're God's special possession, if you're his treasure possession, and he's choosing to keep you here, then you are a gift to this world. You know, as a believer, your your, your identity is not that you are here to be like the world. Amen? I think we all, we all get that. We all know that. But... You are like a shade tree in a field of weeds. You are a tree that can give provision to people around you. You're a tree. Does this make sense? You are literally a place of life in a barren desert in this world. Peter and Paul, they, they liken you to you are a stranger or an alien in exile because your citizenship is with another world. So your citizenship is with another world, meaning when you're here, your day today is like a foreigner, that you're in exile. So let me give you a word of advice. Quit trying to be so comfortable. You won't find your landing place here. Does this make sense? That you find your place in the kingdom of God. Where is the kingdom of God? It's in Jesus. That when the Israelites, you know, something really interesting happened in the Old Testament is where the Israelites, they were constantly wondering, right? They were, they were wandering in the desert, and then they got to the promised land, and it seems like they kind of kept wondering. Have you noticed that? That they go from place to place, from tribe to tribe, from nation to nation. They're overthrowing it. They're in the promised land. They're kind of continuing to move around and, and, and look for a place of rest. That, that's a picture of something. You know, in the Old Testament, they misread what Jesus was like, Right? The Old Testament, we can misread what Jesus is like. And we see that they misread what the Messiah was going to be like. Are you guys with me? I promise, three more minutes. That they misread what the, what, what the Messiah, what Jesus was going to be. In fact, some of when he came, they thought he was going to be a political leader. Even his disciples are like, okay, yeah, let's, you know, when are we going to overthrow everything and start like Jesus Nation? You know? <laughs> and and, and his, he was just like, you don't even know what spirit you're of. You want to throw it on fire on people? Like, you don't get it at all. That, that, that the ones who studied him the most missed him. That the rabbis of the day, the teachers of the law, they actually missed him. They misread, they misread him. You know, and, and we see something in Israel that they were always wondering, thinking that there was a land here that would give them rest. And they never found it. That even when we went to the promised land, they were still searching. They went to the promised land after being, after being uh, escaping, escaping Egypt with all of the signs and wonders. You guys remember the stories? All these signs and wonders God did to get them out of Egypt, to bring them to, to, to the promised land. Then they get to, to the river to cross into the promised land, led by Joshua, it's a Hebrew name for Jesus, just, just, just a thought. They get to the edge of it. Then they cross over it, and then what happens? Then they see signs and wonders and things that the world has never seen. They're marching around cities with trumpets, and the walls are coming down. They're they're, they're making noise, four or five people, in front of an army camp, and the army camp thinks an entire nation is coming to them, and they kill each other and and leave. You're talking about some of the craziest things that the world had never seen before. And what happened to Israel is every time they were victorious in the land was because of these things occurred. They inquired of the Lord, they listened and obeyed the Lord, and they went with his presence. Have you noticed that? Every time they were defeated in that land is because they didn't listen to the Lord, they didn't inquire, or they did and didn't like his plan, and either went early or went late or just messed it up. How many of you can relate? We're in a new covenant with grace. Thank you, Jesus. Or they didn't go with the Ark of the Covenant, meaning his presence. You know, as as foreigners, as aliens, as as exiles, according to 1 Peter 2, that we're actually called to be restless until we see the kingdom established. But the kingdom is not found in conversation and argument it's actually found where it says it says that, that life joy and peace in the holy spirit amen that's actually in jesus that the kingdom has come meaning this where am i going is this one point is that you are we are strangers and aliens wandering around sojourning in this world to release a kingdom that is foreign to this world and you are the ones who carry the keys of the kingdom as followers of Jesus. And that your kingdom is not one of material place. It's actually one of a person of Jesus. That the kingdom of God breaks in when you have your eyes on Jesus. That your kingdom is not one that is looking for like that next revelation. this makes sense? Like that next teaching. That next thing to, like, get filled, and believe me, I am so hungry for, like, (laughs) you know, for more of heaven. But if you don't have your eyes on Jesus, then you're actually not releasing another kingdom. Does this make sense? Like, 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 Jesus is the kingdom that we're carrying. And when we get our eyes on Jesus, we actually become those foreigners and strangers to this world because the world doesn't know him. But you know him. That we're not supposed to, to look for a place to settle. We're, look, we're supposed to look for a place where the kingdom is breaking through. That is where our home is. Yeah. These moments on Sunday mornings, those moments at work, maybe you're at maybe a group setting, maybe you're on the streets and you're praying for someone, you, you have a prompting from the Lord to obey him, you move with him, right there is your home because the kingdom broke in. That it actually says that the spirit has been given as a guarantee, a deposit of the life to come. Meaning it's something that is whetting our appetites for more of the kingdom. That his presence actually positions us to want him more. But our kingdom, the one that we're an ambassador of according to 1 Corinthians, actually is a kingdom that's established through his presence. And when that kingdom breaks through, that, that place, that, that is our home. And we long for the king for the kingdom to come. Amen. Amen. I'm going to talk in a couple weeks about uh, about the word. And this weekend, man, we have Brian Simmons coming in. And if you haven't had Brian Simmons come in to your life, like if you, if you haven't been to a conference of his, just get ready. You know, he said something. He's going to blow your brains apart with the word. Like he's going to he's going to completely dismantle everything you know about like everything. Uh, but but he's going to come in and. Man, he is such a teacher on so many levels. Last time he was here, he talked about how when Jesus was on the cross, uh, it, it says when he gave up his spirit, Jesus spoke this and said, it is finished. And he let out his breath. Well, that, 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 that word there, it is finished, the finished part at the end, is a, a homonym. And the homonym meaning a word uh, that sounds, that, that it's the same. So, like, you can say, see. And you're thinking, are you talking about sea or sea with like a boat, right? So the word sea is a homonym. Does that make sense? So that word there, finish, it is finish. He let, let out a loud cry. Also is the word for bride. So on the cross, his last words was a shout, bride. Was that shout, come? Was that shout, now be about my business, now Come? And so, so in a couple weeks, uh, Brian's going to be here this next week. In a couple weeks, I'm going to talk to you guys more about the, the importance of God's word because it is such an important thing right now. That as ambassadors of another kingdom, Amen. as strangers in the land, your greatest gift is Jesus, but the greatest tool that you carry is God's word. Amen. The greatest tool you carry is God's word. You know, it actually says in Hebrews 4 that it is... It is It is sharp like a sword cutting through bone and marrow, getting to the heart of an issue that is living and active. And I have news for you. If you're you're not picking up your sword, if you're not picking up the word, the devil has no problem doing it. That there's a sword on the ground, and if you're not going to pick it up, he has no problem picking it up. How many of you found that that is the case, that that the devil will try to speak to you about God's word out of context to use it against you? If you've ever felt condemned, it's happening. Because the word says there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So we're going to talk more about that in a couple weeks. You know, the devil did it to Jesus when he tempted him. Everything he tempted Jesus with, he was actually reciting scripture to Jesus. But Jesus knew how to hold and carry the word. That, that we, need to, we need as a church, as a capital C church, know how to, to carry the word so that it is bred to us. And it's also a double-edged sword that we tend to camp in one place or another. We're, all, we're either like all warfare, you know, it's like you got swords made of like flags or something, or I don't even know, like, you know, you just, you got swords, you know, like you, the word is like a violent weapon to tear down strongholds, right? But you don't know how to be, be have an intimate relationship with God through the word, that bread. Does this make sense? So we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. But um, why don't you guys just stand? Because I know we had a lot of teaching yesterday. And uh, we got a lot of teaching coming up this weekend with Brian. And right now, just, just stand up right now. And we're going to close service. I want you to put your, your hand on just your neighbor, their shoulder. You can grab their hand if you want to. And I just want you to right now, I want you to pray over them just for that boldness of their identity to come forward. That you're not called to be insecure or timid. And that you are called to actually be so different that it's like you're an alien or stranger representing another kingdom on the planet. And so right now, Holy Spirit, we just release a grace in the room, God, to walk in, to be an alien and a stranger, to not be in this world, God, in a way that would, that would compromise who you are in us, God. Lord, to be, to be in the world but not of the world, Holy Spirit. And I just pray right now just a fresh stirring and a fresh grace God, to be aliens and strangers carrying the keys of the kingdom to a dying world. Holy Spirit, and I just release just a fresh boldness right now. Just a fresh boldness to walk so fully in the presence of Jesus. To walk so fully In the promises of God, that people around you will say, You are literally like someone else I've never met before. It's as though you're a foreigner, even though you've always been here. It's as though you're a stranger, even though I've known you for years. And I just release that fresh wind that God is the God who makes all things new, 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 God. And I want you to just pray over them, just come into agreement that they easily access Jesus. It's a total lie that you have a hard time connecting with Jesus. It's a total lie. He purchased everything so that you can, you can connect with him so, on a, a deep of a level as you like. So I just release that over you, that you do walk in intimate awareness of his presence. And that you connect deeply with Jesus. And that you actually carry a fire to see the world to see the revival that heaven is holding you carry that fire and I just release a boldness over you to walk in it and to release that because you easily access Jesus now put your hand on your heart the person who needs it the most and I want you to say Jesus I want you to easily access me because I can easily access you and I bless you Jesus And I want more of you, Jesus. And I want a little bit more of you still, Jesus. And when you fill me up, I'm going to come looking for more. And when I feel dry, I'm going to come looking for more. Then I'm going to walk fully in what you purchased for me, in and out of season. Because I love you, Jesus. And I know you love me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, if I could have our, our uh, ministry teams come forward. They're gonna going to be one with badges. If you, got, if you need more breakthrough in your body, our teams would love to pray for you. Uh, we have Brian. Simpson.